Welcome to the Not So Average Podcast. My name is Courtney and I built this podcast to deconstruct traditional advice and the idea of living an average life to inspire you to step into your power and be the creator of your own life. If you're also viewing living an average life as very boring and you're looking to upgrade your mind, body, and soul, then you're in the right place. I'm so glad to have you here. Subscribe to hear new episodes every Wednesday on all streaming platforms. And let's jump into the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. Thank you for tuning into another solo episode. I'm excited to be back on the mic. It's been a few weeks since I've recorded solo, so really excited to dive into this episode today. I actually started my morning with an othership venture. I went on a class that focuses on the cold rather than a mixture, and this one had four, well, three rounds, and then I did another round at the end, and so that was at 7 a.m. this morning, so I'm feeling real nice and like lit up right now and I thought in planning for the episode and I'm bulk recording a couple today so I was like okay I want to dive into a bunch of different topics and make sure that we're receiving variety on the not so average and so I wanted to talk about my experience with nervous system regulation how like I came into learning about this stuff what my experience was and be able to not only share my experience, but also share what I now do in my day-to-day life that helps me maintain a more regulated nervous system and its effects on all these other areas of my life because this is something I didn't know about and it has truly been one of the most game-changing discoveries in not only my physical health, but as well as my mental health and dealing with anxiety and depression from a young age. So I really want to share my experience with this and also how it's bled into my career and relationships and all of that. Like it truly is so interconnected. So I feel very called to talk about this stuff. And what I want to kind of kick off by saying is that I am not a doctor and so I want to kind of and I'm sure I could give you some of the scientific backing up but I feel like there's just better people for that there's the Andrew Hubermans and the Wim Hofs and Ben Greenfield and all those people right they are the people who are so good at explaining this stuff where I have done a ton of research and I really look to those people as my resources But I really want to break it down in kind of human terms of, you know, a woman in her 20s who's prioritized learning about this stuff and going through her own experience to be able to share with you kind of what you need to know in a way that's not confusing and not boring. I don't want this to sound like a lecture or a class on health because for me that used to tune me out in back in school, even though I'm so into health and wellness. I remember I wanted to be a physiotherapist many moons ago, but I couldn't get past biology and kinesiology in high school because I was just, I would tune out. I couldn't do it. (laughs) So I want to share my story in a way that's in my own terms. And if I need to bring up some quick explaining, I will, but I'm just going to try to gloss over more of what you need to know and my experience rather than the scientific discussions around it just because I feel like there's so many better people out there to do so. So I really want to kick it off with saying 
that I'm going to go through kind of three versions of myself from the past to kind of give you an, an outlook that makes more sense for context of where I am today. So if you've been listening to my podcast for a long time, I'm sure you know that I've been into fitness and into self-development for many years, like well over a decade now, um, since I was 11, so 14 years. So I was really introduced into fitness from wanting to change my body. I grew up very insecure about my body. I had gone through those awkward stages through puberty puberty and stuff like that, and I filled out really quickly. And this really encouraged me to basically start dieting as a young kid. And I got into the Jillian Michaels workout tapes and stuff like that. Yes, I said tapes. They were literally tapes. Um, and then it evolved from there over the years. And I won't go into that, but I want to start out at university, Courtney, because this was a really crucial period because if I had to explain and give you the visual of it, you know, I was overworking out, training way too hard and too often. I didn't believe in rest days. I would literally cry if I was forcing myself to take a rest day because maybe I was so sore I couldn't move but the whole time I'd feel so guilty for it and had a very much hustle mentality when it came to not only fitness, but all the other areas of my life. I was not sleeping properly. I struggled so much with anxiety and depression. I was also struggling with endometriosis, which if you know some of my story, I basically for six years fought with doctors to be able to get answers on what was going on with some chronic conditions I was experiencing horrible symptoms and was really going through it for years to try to get some answers because a lot of doctors will just overlook it and say, well, yeah, periods are painful or yep, it makes sense that you feel like shit. But there was no solution and I was having all these really paralyzing experiences that were taking me out of my ability to show up to school and show up to work and all of these things. And so I had to really be my own advocate for my health and be able to gain those answers over the years. So now in hindsight, it was endometriosis and I always kind of knew it. But at the time, it was all of these chronic conditions of pain and inflammation. And, you know, a lot of practitioners would say, yeah, you just deal with chronic pain. And it was just kind of like, it is what it is. And that definitely wasn't enough for me. But I want to give that context of how these, these were the years where I was really struggling with it. And I had so much inflammation probably from all of these other factors. And I was also partying a lot. I would go through phases of like, not often, but when I did, I'd party hard because I did work three jobs and I was a full-time student. So I wasn't going out as frequently as some of my peers, but I definitely was going hard when I did. And my relationship with alcohol, I'm going to talk about in another episode, but this is where a lot of this destructive behavior began as well because blacking out and partying really hard and binge drinking are all very normal practices in university and the culture surrounding socializing. So it makes sense that inflammation and anxiety and depression and working out too hard, all these things were very intertwined. So when I look back at that girl, it makes me really sad. I wish I could 
and I don't regret anything, but I wish I could like tell her a couple things because she was so at war with her mind and her body at all times. And I remember instances of being in so much pain from the undiagnosed endometriosis I was struggling with so much anxiety filled because I knew I'd have to sleep and I knew I had an early morning the next day and so much to get done the next day, but knew that, you know, I'd watch the clock and it's, I'd see 1 a.m., 2 a.m. and know that I have to be up or whatever around 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. and just see the fewer hours I'm going to receive of sleep, which would increase even more anxiety. And then I would wake up the next day feeling horrible because I didn't sleep properly and that would increase my anxiety and then I would drink a ton of coffee and energy drinks and take Adderall and just it was a mixture of a disaster but and a recipe for disaster but I didn't know anything different when you think of a student in university too much coffee too much partying Adderall to focus and study and not sleep very well all sounds unfortunately a little normal and this was definitely my reality in those years and I would cop it up to being just wanting to succeed and wanting to do really well in school and life so my hustle was essentially like a scapegoat for doing all of these things to my body because I was essentially trying to make myself perform top tier when Really, all the things I was doing was counterproductive because it was just damaging my body. But we'll get into that. So that was university, Courtney. And throughout those years, I remember going to RMTs, like registered massage therapists. And I remember my one RMT, she like was going into my shoulders and she's like, you're crunchy, girlfriend. Like, do you notice that you have shoulder pain ever? And I was like, no, I didn't think I had any upper body issues and then after the massage I like you know finally could move my shoulders and I had no idea that I was so accustomed to my shoulders literally being up to my ears because my neck and my shoulders and all of that was so tight and I also was starting and near the end of university I was starting to struggle with TMJ which is essentially when you like clench and grind your teeth at night and it causes um, some jaw issues so near the end of university I started experiencing that and then I would actually in my last year of university I started getting Botox in my jaw to help numb the muscle because it was causing me so much pain that I didn't know how to cope and so trying to go through doctors they would give me uh, chronic medication which was actually antidepressants for some reason Um, I don't actually remember why but they basically said the antidepressants a really low dose of it would help with the chronic pain but obviously like and I mean if somebody needs medication all the power to you but for me the fact that this was the only solution my doctor was giving me felt very off it did not feel aligned and I really didn't want to take anything and I ended up trying it just because I wanted so badly to receive some relief but ended up weaning myself off of that because I felt so off I couldn't wake up properly like I would feel so so foggy the next morning even though it was such a low dose they were shocked by that but I'm a very sensitive person when it comes to anything in my body and I have a lot of allergies and stuff like that so if I think of even 
drinking and all of that, like, I am sensitive. So the fact that I was taking a medication every night to try to fall asleep and to try to lessen some pain in my jaw and to finally sleep better were all things that were not helping me and it was making me feel worse the next morning and then increasing my anxiety because I'm like, oh my gosh, what about this problem now? So not a lot of solutions there. And I was going through therapy, I guess I should add, with the mental health stuff. But I did get to a point in university where I was having such a breakdown with my mental health that I sought out resources that were funded by the university. And I was essentially told, and this is a massive trigger warning to anyone who's listening, um, I was essentially told that I wasn't suicidal enough to utilize their resources. And so obviously that's extremely fucked up and it's insane to think about because that person had maybe a 20 minute conversation with me. So to now determine that I may or may not be at such a low point that I would harm myself and that is the only way that I would receive those kinds of resources is really insane. Um, The university I went to was also, and I don't know where we're at today with this. I haven't kept up. I'm sure it's continued, but there were a lot of students who were committing suicide and struggling a lot with mental health. So they were marketing these resources as though like we're here to help you. And then that was my experience. So really messed up and I went through a lot of stuff in university of those ups and downs and being just so so confused on how to feel better and wanting to achieve such big things in my life but being so at war with my mind and my body in order to be able to perform and show up in the ways that I needed to so that was Courtney in university it was a dark time I'm trying to gloss over it but to be really freaking honest there's a reason why I'm the person I am today, why I'm doing the work that I'm doing and what's led me here. And it actually was the byproduct of a ton of pain, a ton of suffering, a ton of feeling loneliness and having no answers and having to advocate for myself and finding things that would work for me to find relief in no longer feeling this way at such a young age. I knew it wasn't normal. So then In 2020, we all know what happened, lockdown hit, and I didn't know what the hell to do with myself. You know, you look at Courtney University, and to help bridge the gap here, I graduated in May of 2020, and COVID lockdown like happened March 2020. So two months before I was supposed to graduate is when this happened. So the overlap between University Courtney and Courtney in lockdown was real, and I went from being so obsessed with working out, you know, CrossFit, the crunchy shoulders. I had so many injuries. I was training way too hard and too often. I was working three jobs. I had so much anxiety, so much on the go, a massive caffeine dependency, as well as partying and things like that. Courtney in lockdown was losing her mind because she didn't know what to do with herself. I was really freaking out. I didn't, I suddenly had all of this time and I think this is for a lot of people, right? We all had this time given to us that we didn't know what to do with ourselves. And I was someone who didn't know she was not being real with herself because she truly didn't have the time to ever dedicate to it. I wasn't asking myself these intentional questions of, you know, do I feel good? What makes me feel good? Even though I was trying to be an advocate for my own health, to look at things maybe from a bird's eye view where I was kind of zooming out would have maybe helped me later down the line. Eventually I did this, but 
I was zooming in more on like diet to figure out like food allergies or zooming in on things that were affecting my endometriosis or zooming in on things that affected my ability to focus. But if I had zoomed out, there were were a lot of interconnected factors that could have been considered. And this is kind of what led me into some of these practices where I realized, okay, I have all this time. I'm freaking out. I don't have any answers. My anxiety is through the roof. The Probably the worst anxiety I've ever faced in my entire life was in those first couple weeks of lockdown. I remember, and I, th- I think about that time and I sometimes get nostalgic just because of how young I feel like I was. And it just, there was so much I didn't know at the time and how much things have changed over the last couple of years that sometimes I do get nostalgic about this era in my life of just kind of the funny funny element to it of you know we're all watching Tiger King and I remember all of these like ex-boyfriends were hitting up my phone and checking in and I was like what is going on and this world just felt so crazy and I'm like drinking a bottle of wine a day in my parents' living room, like no idea what to do with myself and watching too too much Bravo, just flailing around the house, not knowing what to do with myself. I had never experienced that level of boredom because I truly didn't take days off. So to experience this kind of like resting time was, was not even in the cards for me. So yeah, I, I freaked out. And the anxiety that I was experiencing was so paralyzing that I eventually started dabbling with meditation and breath work and cold showers. I had previously learned of these modalities from Wim Hof because I saw him speak at Tony Robbins um, like three-day event when I went there in Chicago in 2017. And so I had been exposed to this knowledge, but I hadn't really put it into practice. I had tried meditating. I had tried breath work. I had tried doing cold showers, but I wasn't making a habit of it. And so I started to lean in a little bit more into that, not consistently, but started to dabble is how I would describe it. But I was still overtraining in the gym, Um, not in the gym, I guess, at home, but I was definitely overtraining. I was doing these online workout pro- programs that are a little bit more one size fits all and I was just overdoing it. I remember I would do like an hour and a half to two hours a day plus getting like 10,000 steps a day going on so many walks because I was, I was so bored. I didn't know what to do with myself. So working out seemed like the only solution. And per, from an outside perspective, I looked so lean. I really thought that that was the best body I had ever had in my life. But I also had so many injuries. I was so tight and sore and anxious and crippled by not only the sore muscles and being so tense and so many injuries, but also crippled by anxiety. And so I look back on those times and it's really interesting because what other people might have seen from the outside was that I was getting really lean and really fit, but I actually was in the worst mental state as well as physical state in my life because I wasn't, I was kind of breaking down by the second. And my TMJ was at its worst. I remember so many days of crying to my parents, not knowing what to do for my jaw. So, so desperate for more Botox in my jaw to help numb the pain and all of that. And I remember going on YouTube and looking up the face massages you could do at home where you're literally like massaging your jaw to help 
get some relief and I was doing that every day and I had an ice roller because Lauren Everett's Bostick from the Skinny Confidential has always talked about ice rollers for so many years she had a double jaw surgery so she's always talking about inflammation and then eventually went on to create her own ice roller which I now have with the balls and all of that if you don't know what I'm talking about I'm sorry I won't dive into that tangent right now but I did have an ice roller and I was trying to do different things to help with the TMJ and I was definitely drinking and I was also smoking a lot of cannabis at the time it's legal here in Canada and just way too much screen time I'm sure this is for a lot of people at that time we didn't know what to do with ourselves so like watching a shit ton of TV TikTok was when it started to get big and also just scrolling on social media all day every day looking at the news all day every day staying up to date with what the hell is going on in our world it was really really intense and so these practices were interesting because I was a guinea pig for a lot of different things people were saying were healthy I was also playing with intermittent fasting so you know I would fast until like noon and then I would stop eating by I think 6 or 7 p.m at night which shortened the window for how many how much I was actually eating throughout the day but I would have like bigger meals but I don't know that this would be the thing that helped me the most and I know there's different different ideas around fasting and whether it's good for you whether it's good for women and all of that for me at that time when I was playing with it I was overworking out and then I was restricting the hours I was eating and so what I would find was that I would work out in the morning, like I'd sleep in because I had nowhere to go, and then I would get up slowly, kind of ease into my day, and then I would go work out for whatever, two, three hours, and then I would shower, and then I'd end up having a nap usually because I was so depleted, and now in hindsight, I can look at it and realize how much my cortisol levels were spiked, and cortisol is that stress hormone, right? So when you think of if you're constantly in that fight or flight where your body is literally telling itself that it's in danger and that it needs to be ready to either freeze or to run um that is not good for your body or your stress levels or your anxiety or anything and people are talking so much about balancing hormones and balancing blood sugars cortisol is directly impacting blood sugars because of the way that um, when your blood sugar is spiked and your cortisol spiked it's all working in combination to help your body be able to fight or flight so it's really not a great place to be in at all time now of course that's a necessary function in our body to help us activate when we need to activate but you don't want to always be living in that circumstance and be able to really decipher how it's used so that it's you know used for when it's needed and not when it's not necessary and being able to calm it down like at the end of the day if you're mind spiraling and your heart's pump like racing and you have that anxiety at night your cortisol is probably a lot higher and so with all that to be said this is where i was living in most of like the lockdown era and then i moved across the country as a long a lot of you know i moved across the country to vancouver from ontario spontaneously i was there for eight days and i signed a lease and ended up moving across the country and lived there for almost two years so Courtney in Vancouver, um, the first month I lived there, I actually basically broke my foot by, or like my ankle, 
rollerblading for the second time. So I had serious, serious ankle injuries. Basically, I didn't break it either time, but I bent it so far. I have hypermobile um, joints. So I bent it so far that it tore every single ligament in my foot, but never actually broke. And so both times I've gone to the ER, they've told me that it actually would have been easier recovery if I had just broken my foot, which is kind of insane or broken my ankle. So that is where I kind of started (laughs) out in my journey in Vancouver. Um, But Vancouver is interesting. I called it BC booty because it's built on mountains, right? So you're getting a lot more of a natural workout, even just walking around. And this was my first time without living with a car, living without a car. So that was kind of crazy because I was walking everywhere. Um, very little transportation was needed for me because I worked from home and it was still in this time where we weren't doing too much. So if I wanted to see friends or whatever, it was friends who lived close by it was never really a huge deal or we would take an uber if we were you know drinking late at night kind of thing but when it came down to living without a car I was walking so much more um which sucked when I broke my ankle but once it started to improve that was fine but I was essentially only doing three types of movements of choice I would do a ton of walking Pilates, mostly Melissa Wood Health, so it was all from home. And then I would go to spin class a lot. I loved Ride Cycle Club, and I still do, but all of this for my cortisol wasn't great. Um, I definitely came out of lockdown with a ton of anxiety in the gym. I did try to have a gym membership, and every time I would try to lift weights by myself, I would have an anxiety, like panic attack. I would get so overwhelmed and freaked out. I think it was the element of being around so many people, being around so many men, feeling like everyone was looking at me. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing anymore, even though I've spent years in the gym lifting weights like felt so confident I used to do crossfit I used to really I was was actually won like a competition like second place one time at my like home gym back in the day oh my god I was like such a beast in the gym previously and to go from that and feeling so confident and like no one could fuck with me in the gym to suddenly feeling so scared that someone would like look at me for an extra two seconds and I'm like oh my god they're looking at me and I get all this anxiety and fear of what they're thinking about me and it was really weird I went into such an insecure place specifically in the gym so I was avoiding the weight room and I think that that was something I really missed but I didn't know how to navigate that anxiety so Courtney Vancouver didn't lift weights she was walking she was doing Pilates and she was doing spin class Spin class was great because it was a dark room and loud music and people weren't looking at each other. It was like a lot more of a, for me, a safer environment. I was also partying a lot. This is the height of where, when I was starting to really party. Like I partied harder in the summer of 2021 than I have in all my years of university. And I think it was coming out of lockdown and living on my own for the first time, like truly on my own. I had no roommates or anything, living across the country from my family and most of my friends. So making friends through drinking and going out and making big girl money. I had money to spend and I did a lot of partying and there's a reason I'm sober now. Um, But this was the height of my partying. And I was having the most career success at this point in my life at this like up until this point but I also was working insane hours and I wasn't sleeping properly and essentially the thing that changed the game for me 
completely was I went to an acupuncturist who helped me become aware of my dysregulated nervous system. And the way that she did this, I love her so much, Sydney. I love you. I miss you. You are incredible. I don't even think she realized how much she did for me. Like she literally saved my life by doing this and just saying these couple words of kind of like asking me questions of, hey, are you sleeping properly? Like how, how do you feel when you wake up? What time do you typically go to bed? Do you find yourself feeling like that all day? And I'd be, you know, describing all these things and it just those questions. And I think they're pretty, pretty regular in terms of protocol. But this already helped me become aware when I'm saying it out loud of, oh, no, I don't sleep very well. And yeah, I drink a lot. And um, no, I'm miserable when it comes to my anxiety. I am making really, really insane money for that at the time. But I am breaking down. It feels like my TMJ is the worst it's ever been. I cry every day when I wake up. Like, it was really intense saying this to a stranger and it felt so safe to tell her all these things, but I didn't really recognize how much I was breaking down until I'm talking to her out loud. And then through the years of being with her, I would see her like bi-weekly basically for sessions and we would talk about different ways of essentially calming the nervous system. And what I realized was that all of these moving parts were impacting the way that my body was feeling the way that I was choosing to numb out and it was the biggest wake-up call for me because when you're feeling balanced in your body and your mind you're not looking for ways to numb out and to escape and that's what I was doing I was smoking a ton of cannabis I was drinking so much alcohol and other extracurriculars that I'm not proud to admit but this is my truth I was overworking. I was avoiding all of the feelings that I was experiencing because I told myself I didn't have time. I didn't take time for myself. I didn't sit with myself to meditate. Even though I would joke that I was doing the practices, like I wasn't, you know? I I was drinking the green juices, sure. I was eating healthy, but just to drink 85 glasses of, or 85 martinis or whatever, right? No, I was into margaritas back in the day, but anyways. So... And then, you know, the drunk food and then the hangover food. Like, it just, it was this vicious cycle of being so overly, like, health conscious and then party girl. But in the meantime, focusing on my career, focusing on my business, focusing on making as much money as possible. And working with her, I realized all of these different practices that need to change and what was a huge game changer for me was starting to implement boundaries, not with everyone else, but but with myself, telling myself that I am no longer going to be scrolling on my phone after a certain point in the, the evening, um, giving myself time to wind down before bed, only using red lights at night to no longer activate the blue lights in our in our bodies and be essentially affecting our ability to go to sleep you know we naturally produce melatonin in our body so when you're always looking at blue light you're essentially suppressing that and being able to replace like with red lights that was really calming for the nervous system and being able to tell your body to relax and to allow that melatonin to kick in naturally and start to be able to wind down and fall asleep more effectively sleeping in general being able to prioritize that was huge being able to 
drink less coffee because it was no longer as needed because I'm sleeping better was a huge byproduct of that. Being able to understand what kind of movement makes me feel good. And for me, I love still walking. I still love Pilates. I still implement Pilates style workouts and Melissa Wood Health and stuff like that. I would say like once to two times a week. But weightlifting has been the biggest thing for me to make me feel like myself again because I found such a love for it back in the day but I was overworking and I feel like I found such a beautiful balance now and being able to feel strong again and to be able to feel so mentally stronger in being able to prioritize weightlifting every day has been so extremely helpful and knowing how good it is for just longevity in our bodies and the fact that muscle is the biggest thing that we're going to be relying on as our bodies get older and as we age to be able to not only feel young but also look younger it's going to come down to having prioritized building muscle throughout our years and maintaining that muscle so that has been really huge for me the way that I worked through the anxiety of returning back to the gym was honestly forcing myself I went to a gym I signed up for one once I got to Toronto and it's been a crazy kind of process but it was kind of just a a like throw in the water without the life jacket and learn how to swim that's kind of how it felt because I just forced myself to go like every day not every day but I made myself really get into the habit of it you know I think I started with like two or three days a week in the gym and then I just gradually increased it and now if I don't go to the gym I feel weird like I almost miss it and it was it took a long time to get there it took at least I'd say three four maybe even five months where I felt really really confident and even now sometimes you know there's awkward scenarios that happen in public of course where you're like oh gosh I had this one time this outfit where like my boob under boob sweat was so aggressive and I was like this is so awkward and I texted my friends and they're like you're at a gym like it's normal to sweat who cares like you're fine and I started laughing and so I was able to let that go but previously I would have I would have left the gym because of that outfit and because of where I was sweating so there were definitely moments of discomfort of having to work through some of that anxiety but now I feel so much more at home and at peace in the gym which is really something I'm proud of and also being able to understand how to eat in a way that makes me feel good so like I've been prioritizing protein so much more that has been so effective for not only feeling less hungry throughout the day but being able to feel like satisfied for longer so like having not only being able to eat like really good meals but also feeling satisfied for longer and not getting to that point of total hanger because I was doing that a little bit too much where I'd be so anxious I wouldn't feel hungry and then you know just lack of focus wise symptoms similar to ADHD I would forget to eat and then I would literally faint I went through a spurt of fainting one time where because I literally wasn't eating enough that's a whole other story but basically blood sugar cortisol not eating lack of hydration is a recipe for a disaster and then the other thing I would say is being able to actually tap into emotional regulation and this has been 
huge because I didn't know what that meant, but it's essentially being able to feel and process and release our emotions in a way that's really healthy. And I didn't know how much we've lost that in our society until I experienced it myself, but learning how to cope with hard emotions and difficult emotions that we experience quite often throughout life is one of the biggest key things into just overall wellness because if you think about it we're all we're all trying to escape something we're all trying to numb out whether it's drinking or doing drugs or eating too much like binge eating or staying busy or always feeling the need to be with people or oversleeping or scrolling the doom scrolling where you can't seem to get off your phone or you're watching way too much tv or shopping, gambling, all these things in escapism, right? We're, we're avoiding ourselves. We're avoiding how we're feeling. And when you learn how to regulate your emotions, not only do you feel so much more in tune with yourself and your intuition and feeling just healthier overall, but you're also able to process the difficult emotions and no longer rely on these numbing modalities to get through life, which obviously upgrades your life in every freaking area. And for me, the way that I tapped into learning or to realizing, because we can't change something if we're not aware of it, right? So for me, what brought on this awareness that I was numbing out of my emotions was last January. So January of 2022, I decided to do like a couple months without alcohol. I called it Cali Sober. I ended up going about six months without drinking. And I was still living in Vancouver at the time. And I was just knew that I had been doing too much and I needed a break. And I wasn't sure if it was going to be long term, but I started to feel really good. And I started to really evaluate my relationship with alcohol. So that encouraged me to continue for more months than I had originally thought I was going to go. But I realized that there were emotions I was avoiding. If I had a bad day, you have a glass of wine. If you had a good day, you have a glass of wine. If you're really stressed out, being able to release that and numb out at the end of the week with all your friends and kind of, you know, let go and kind of lose some control and to like let your hair down and have fun and get a little wild was really fun for me. But stopping doing that, it made me face things that I was avoiding that I wasn't aware of because I literally that was the point I wasn't aware of it because I didn't want to be aware of it and taking that six months off drinking allowed me to tune in with myself and figure out what I was actually avoiding and oh my god doing that like every emotion felt like I was it was so much more intense. It was like experiencing things for the first time, to be honest. It it felt so intense. It felt so much harder to deal with. And it's crazy because, I mean, I started drinking when I was like 14 or 15. So if that, those were the last times that I had been able to process emotions without alcohol, like that's a really long time and that's really kind of insane. And we can go down the, you know, culture (laughs) around drinking another day but that was my norm and it allowed me to realize how much I was numbing out and so being able to practice more emotional regulation and implement tools of not only like journaling and going to therapy but being able to lean into some of these hard emotions um has been so effective and going through like cold plunging and 
doing these classes at Othership has been so effective because you're not only getting in connection with how you're feeling on the inside, but your body is also experiencing these changes within the cold and the heat and that contrast therapy is what they call it. It's been so incredible. And I mean, the cold showers and cold plunges literally like snap your system back into being regulated, which is so incredible. It's like truly some of the most beautiful practices I've ever included in my weekly and daily routines. And I saw a TikTok the other day that told me that, you know, cocaine, basically the ultimate high and the dopamine you receive from it is nine minutes. It actually only lasts nine minutes because that's when, you know, after that you need more to kind of sustain another nine minutes. Um, Obviously, it might last in your system for longer than that, but like the peak dopamine is nine minutes. For cold plunging, if you cold plunge for two minutes, the effects of the dopamine afterwards actually carry on for over two hours. And so it's the thing that gives you the most dopamine for the longest amount of time in a short period of time, like only a two minute cold plunge for to, to be able to have over two hours of extreme dopamine is like insane, right? So when you think of how good that is for your system, along with all the other health benefits, and no, this is not about like an ad for cold plunging, but just being able to find natural ways to deal with things and deal with life and find the happy feelings that we're searching for in all of these other ways is so cool. And for me, being able to lean into understanding what is good for my nervous system and what's not has helped me feel so much more in control of my body and my mind has helped me lean into having deeper relationships not only with myself but with other people and just being able to be in the present moment being able to listen when someone's talking rather than having that anxious spiral that I used to have in being so so caught up in the fight or flight caught up in the gotta go gotta go gotta go and sometimes I catch myself doing that and I gotta slow down because I'm like no 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 we've been here before I've seen this what, what what's the Bon Iver I think I've seen this film before and I didn't like the ending like that's me and being able to recognize that has been so pivotal for my growth and has helped me feel like such a more calm and collected human being which has allowed me to deal with life so differently experience life so differently and I hope by sharing my story that you're able to maybe recognize ways that maybe you're feeling that you didn't have the language for because I think that conversation helps breed so much more relations than we realize and that relatability for me was crucial in hearing other people on podcasts and stuff like that I'm like oh wait maybe I'm doing that maybe it's not healthy for me either all of those ways can help us dig a little bit deeper within our own selves and I know for me how helpful hearing other people's stories are so I want to kind of dive in and share mine and tell you what I've learned because all of these tools and trips and tricks can be overwhelming when you're first getting started and so if I could give you and leave off with like three things to help regulate your nervous system that are easy to do I would say one is like give yourself an hour or two before bed without any screen time literally put it away put in a different room 
be able to just wind down more naturally. You're going to have a better sleep. You're going to have less anxiety when you wake up and you're going to be able to be more effective because you've slept well. I would say the second one is lift some weights. Like that has been so game changing for me and I it's nothing new, but I forgot how good it is for you. It actually lowers your cortisol and you don't need the like loud music and the crazy lights and all that. That can actually be really intense for the cortisol to kind of drive in your body. Be able to just be more centered, be in the moment, focus on that muscle to mind contraction will be so, so good for not only your brain, but your body, most of all, and longevity. And it's not about your pants. It's about longevity. It's about being the healthiest version of yourself and being able to keep that up when you're into your older ages. Like, I'm trying to be a MILF who lasts forever, okay? So all of these practices are essential at right now. And then the third tip that I would have for you is to identify what you're consuming every day and how it's making you feel so like if you're having a glass of water in the morning versus a cup of coffee the first thing like which one makes you feel more better okay maybe the water makes you feel better great maybe you should like just hold off on having the coffee before until you've had like a full glass of water or a full bottle of water or whatever it is right kind of just identifying just how do i how does this make me feel does it make me feel good to have fruit in the morning or maybe not have breakfast at all maybe you like later and eating at like noon or whatever but just really identifying okay this is what i'm gonna do and this is how it makes me feel is gonna help you get in more touch with how things are actually affecting you and start to shed what you think you should do based on someone else and what you saw on tiktok or whatever of someone who's really fit and healthy and whatever because it's not a one-size-fits-all and it's really about how things are impacting us so being able to get into that practice more regularly will not only help you be more in tune with your body but it will help decipher more of what's good for you and what's not so i hope those three tips are helpful i hope you guys enjoyed hearing this story I w- i'm gonna elaborate in other episodes like my relationship to alcohol and more of these different topics more on a micro scale but i wanted to kind of go on this overview of like how i've learned about never nervous system like well, not even just nervous system regulation but how the nervous system plays a role in our lives and how i was so dysregulated how i noticed it was dysregulated and then how i began to prioritize re- regulating it so that is my life that is my story I can't stress it enough how important it is and I hope you guys found this helpful so please let me know on Instagram at the not so average butch or on TikTok I would love to hear from you the podcast comes out every Wednesday if you want to share this with a friend it will help the podcast grow organically and I would appreciate it so much thank you again for tuning in and I'll see you guys next Wednesday bye guys